DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Hannah Storm. You know her over the years, a lot of big games, a lot of studio shows, and now one of the many things she's working on, Thursday Night Football, Andrea Kramer, Hannah Storm, the first female combo, first female duo to call NFL games. Hannah, welcome to the show. Guys, it's great to be with you. How y'all doing? We're doing well, and I am curious about many things. We've only got a few minutes with you, so we won't get through the entire list here. But I'm curious if you take a moment and step out of what you've got to do today and tomorrow and look back at your whole career. Did you visualize something like this? Are you, at some point, did it become normal? Are you still stunned? How how does a career look? Because obviously, you've accomplished several cool things. I mean, listen, when I... When I first got into the business and there weren't, you know, people, I I couldn't get hired being a woman and, and, you know, trying to get a job in sports. So my first job, I was actually a heavy metal DJ down in Corpus Christi, Texas. And, you know, even then it's, I, I, I visualized, um, I really wanted to, uh, host an Olympics because those, the only women that were, that were on TV doing sports were usually, you know, morning show anchors who got to do the Olympics. So, so that was it. So I, I visualized doing an Olympics and I visualized actually anchoring a morning show. So I did both of those things. Um, one thing I never, ever thought that I would get a chance to do is call play by play of the NFL. I, I got to tell you. Um, and I it definitely would not have happened if not for Amazon, just thinking completely out of the box. Um, and putting us on this this streaming platform. So this, I definitely never envisioned. I can tell you that very safely. Well, you've certainly done a lot of uh, tremendous things over the years. I, I think the only knock that I have against you, I'm an Arizona State grad, and you have a close association with an Arizona grad. So other than that, <laughs> man, you really okay, got it so going on. I thought... I thought, and I'm not going to say anything bad about the scum devils. No, no, oh, nothing. Ooh, um, nice. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought you were going to give me grief, first of all. Usually when somebody gives that kind of caveat, it's because I went to Notre Dame and they don't like Notre Dame. So that's first of all. So I appreciate you not, you know, uh, killing me um, for being a Notre Dame grad. But Dan Hicks, my husband, um, golf host, and among other things on NBC, yes, he is an Arizona grad. Uh, but my dear, dear friend, Herm Edwards is at ASU, so um, so there's a, there's a part of me that appreciates. Uh, when you have an opportunity to speak to Dan, just the only thing I would say is seventy to seven. Seriously, Arizona football. I mean, it is. I don't know, but let's keep it going. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I know. I know you love it. I know you do. I know you're having fun. Um, and I would say some things are cyclical, but I don't know how they're going to pull themselves out of this. It's it's really crazy. Yes, he's he's bummed for sure. But bear down. A couple of uh, NFL storylines I'm looking at, and I'm curious what you think and maybe what you hear in casual conversation when you're calling games. And I don't know how much interaction you get in the COVID era as we hopefully emerge from it at least a little bit. Uh, But I'm curious what people think about the way the Rams have started. Not any one game, not any their ups and their downs and all that. Right. But when you go big picture, is this Mm. a team – is Stafford really the missing piece of the puzzle and the Rams are ready to go big? Yes, yes, 110%. Um, We do talk to – uh, the major players and the offensive and defensive coordinators um, for for 
Thursday Night Football, so I do get actually quite a bit of insight. Um, it is Sean McVay, think of him as like a chef, right? And he wanted to make some beautiful, complicated dish, but he didn't have his main ingredient, right? Now he has his main ingredient. So Stafford is so smart. So intellectually, he and McVeigh are, kind, are in sync, right? They're on the same page. He is the missing piece that is allowing McVeigh to really unleash everything that he wants to do. Um, and them being healthy. That's huge. Um, they had major injuries last season. Certainly not as as many as some teams, like the 49ers were decimated, as you know. But Stafford and them being healthy, uh, that's the key. I don't think that we, the three of us, can sit here today and think of a better team in the NFL. I really don't. Not, not right now. Right now, I would say they're the class of the NFL. So I got a little story. It'll be very brief. Years ago, I was working in a newspaper. I'm an old newspaper guy and uh, had a job in the Los Angeles area. And we were working a desk shift one night. It was late at night. And the 11 o'clock Sports Center comes on. And there were two African-Americans who were doing the late night Sports Center. And, like, I look up at the television. I'm Caucasian. Well, the guy next to me, friend, uh, friend of mine, Eric Stevens, he covers uh, hockey f- now he was african-american mm-hmm. and he got so excited when he saw on the screen and i don't remember who they were uh two african-americans sitting side by side two men to uh take us through this uh, day's sports and it was obvious it meant something to him as an african-american to see two people you know relatively speaking who looked like him on the television and right. i'm wondering if you can relate to that as you and Andrew Kramer get going and doing your call as far as what it means to women because i will listen to the game and i'm not a woman so i'll take it in for what it's worth but when you have people that are of a so-called minority group in this case females in terms of what it means to other females down the line for years to come. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that's a really important point that you just made. So you've probably heard the expression that you have to see it to be it. Um, I do think that once you can see somebody doing something, uh, like two women calling a football game, which is, is really rare, um, as we've discussed, it's never happened before, but that becomes a viable career option. That becomes something that any young woman can say, well, I want to do that. You know, I I want to do play-by-play of professional football. I want to do analysis of professional football. I want to analyze something that I, frankly, uh, probably will never be able to play. So I do think the fact that we're just there. Um, is super powerful, and and even more so the fact that we've done it for four seasons, that it wasn't a one-off, and that Amazon has had us there for four seasons is, you know, it's unprecedented, and and I really do hope that it inspires, you know, more young women to do what we're doing. So it it seems to me that going forward, Amazon, as you said earlier, you know, just thinking differently, it seems to me like, with the way technology is changing, there's a lot 
of possibilities, and we're starting to see it. The most recent example is probably the Manning brothers with the alternate Monday Night Football telecast. But it seems like there can be a lot of that going forward, and there are a lot of possibilities to show the same game but with a lot of different voices and styles around it. And certainly ESPN has been experimenting with that with the college football playoffs, but it seems like they've barely scratched the surface. Do you think there's real enthusiasm for that? Or do you think it's expensive and money still talks and there may not be as much experimentation as some people would hope and wish? Guys, I am being told I have to wrap. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and that's such a good question, and I want to answer it. Um, can I answer it really quickly? Okay, okay. Um, I think what what we're seeing, uh, to your point, and it's, it's a great one, is even what you're seeing on Monday Night Football. So you're seeing you know, the Monday Night Football telecast. You're seeing Peyton and Eli. Um, there, there's, there's a mega cast for the national championship game. Amazon is doing the same thing. They're offering, Andrea and I, they're offering um, a scout's broadcast. They're offering a, a, a Spanish uh, you know, streaming call. So I think, I think that as things get more specialized and, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to get a little piece of the audience. And so I think you're going to, you're just going to keep seeing it, you know, more and more. I think you're going to, you're going to see all these different options for people to watch and hope that, you know, some of them connect with, in this case, uh, the prime subscribers. You know, they they want to listen to us call the game. They're going to come find us. And I, I think it's, you know, the wave of the future. Well, Hannah, I know we got to let you go. I if I could, so I'd ask sorry, you about guys. your foundation and your production company, but we'll have oh, you on another time to talk you. about those passion no. products, projects. Listen, listen, you guys, I really appreciate it. It's really fun talking to you guys. Thanks for all the thoughtful questions. Hannah Storm being hustled off to the next phone call. 10-minute windows. Crank it out. Yeah, I don't want to talk to her about production. I just want to talk to her about that she is a hardcore fan of Kenny Chesney. Kenny has a satellite radio station, No Shoes Radio, and he has guest DJs on, and she was one of them. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've listened to her. And then they replay it. Like the Manning Brothers, Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. They've had Hannah Storm. Uh, what's the gal? Andrews? Aaron Andrews? They've had her. Yeah, that's all I care about. Production company and all that. Yeah, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Francis. <laughs> FJ and PK. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You get so technical, so bogged down and stuff. Yeah. Just We're working to get her back on because she wants to talk about that stuff. I bet you you if I asked her about guest DJ for Kenny, she'd be way more excited to talk about that. Well, you should have blurted it out there. We didn't have time. You had a microphone in front of you. You could have made time. Since when are you shy? Because she said she had to go. Didn't stop me. I kept talking. Yeah, I know. That Steve Young at the interview still would have gone on. (laughs) I went and got to breakfast, man. That was when I was on remote. I, I left, came back 20 minutes later. You're still asking him questions. You were so, yeah, I didn't see and you, another I thing, didn't Steve. I see that fired up since Monday morning. <laughs> and you were on one Monday morning. You were so juiced up. Jeez. Juiced up. <laughs> well, I think that we respect the interviewer's time. And if they say they've got 10 minutes, they've yeah, got 10, 10 minutes. minutes. So I, Bronco Mendenhall once told me that. He said, one of the reasons why I like talking to you is because if you say you need five minutes, 
Five minutes is it. He said, I can't tell you how many times people say blah, 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 and then I give them the time, and it's double the time. They say 15, we're 30. Don't tell me you need 15 and then 30. I hear you, Bronco. Yeah, I remember him specifically telling me that, and he was irritated by that because he was a regiment and it still is, I would assume. I haven't talked to him in a good long while, but for a while we were talking to him all the time. So I didn't want to burden her. But yeah, she's a good, good personality. I didn't know whether I should bring up how tight she was going to be. Should I bring up the fact that her husband is a Tucson guy, Dan Hicks, is a graduate of, I think, Sabino oh, in, in Tucson, and I knew he went to the U of A. But she jumped on that right away. But Notre Dame, I'm never going to rip Notre Dame to her. Are you kidding me? That's in, <laughs> Notre Dame's in my blood. Yeah. Jersey's, Jersey's home turf for Notre Dame. Oh, There's yeah. Irish fans all over Jersey. Oh, for sure, yeah. There's no question about that. That That's absolutely true. Uh, when uh, when I was growing up, we had a picture of Jesus and Era Parsesian. And Frank. No, uh, it was a wall of Frank. No, I'm no. I was talking about just pictures. Shrine yeah. Frank? Now that Frank's another Frank, term. Frank, Frank. Frank's an entirely different category. Yeah, but... Yeah, Notre Dame was big, so I knew she went to Notre Dame, and I wanted to tease her. See, and she played along, big time. Call them the scum devils. I like it. She's caught up. I in had it. not heard that. Oh, you hadn't? No. Yeah. And I knew. I, I went to college with a big Arizona Wildcat fan, a guy yeah. who grew up in Tucson and would follow his Wildcats anywhere. Certainly not to the Rose Bowl on January 1st. Nope. He was quite bitter about that. And that was a long time ago. I can't imagine the level of bitterness he has now. Because he'd be wandering in the desert. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's the one thing. I will always, always root against them to win the conference. You finish second every year. That's fine. <laughs> but you got to be able to hold that one yeah, thing over yeah, their head. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. Yes. Well, you're good for another year because they're not doing it this year. You can worry about next year, next year. You got it for another year. Yes. You're like the Dolphins, one year at a time, baby. They need the Cardinals to lose, and they can celebrate another year as the only perfect team in NFL history. You think it happen at some point, but uh, not going to be happening in the near future. And at the same time, geez, there's been some teams that have never gone in my lifetime in the conference. Isn't it Cal has been in the fifties? Fifty nine, I think, was their last their last Rose Bowl. And they should have gone as a second place team and Texas nudged them out. Politics got in the way. That was a very good team. I think they had one. Yeah, but that's a second place team. That yeah. doesn't even count. A one loss team in triple overtime. That's yeah, now you can you can backdoor it to an extent. Yep. Probably not this year though. <laughs> this year I think the conference champ will end up in the Rose Bowl. If Oregon wins out, but I think Oregon's played too many close games already. They're going to play more close games, and somebody's going to get them at why, some point. Why not Oregon State or ASU or, U, or Oregon State's already got two Oregon losses. State's already got a loss, and so they what? don't because they don't have a big time win when they start separating out the one loss teams. Suppose they beat a one uh, one loss Oregon team. That's not a big time win. That's ridiculous. Okay, how's that not a big time win? Well, it would be a two-loss Oregon team at that point, but I didn't want to help you with the math. Well, yeah, but they would have beaten a one-loss Oregon team. I get your point. That ASU is ranked. Do they play ASU? If not, they get them in the Commerce title game. No, they always get... 
Uh, every year, the Devils get scheduled to Oregon State deep in November at 8.30 at night. <laughs> it's been like 10 years in a row. <laughs> it can't literally be 10 years in a row. They had to have had a buy But everything's got, it's like three years in a row with uh, what last year they created a bunch right. of nonsense when they came up with this scheduling because Larry Scott played follow the leader with Kevin Warren of the Big Ten. And so, uh, yeah, I think they do and... And Oregon State looks legit. I mean, I know they they had the they had the one loss. So what? They should be if they if they run the table, I'd pitch a fit if they didn't get in. Whoever it might be, prepare. Same thing with Oregon. Prepare for the fit. You pitching. lose in overtime. Oregon's, I know Oregon's the one because they've got the win at Ohio State. They could have a win and get in as a one loss team. I have a hard time seeing other other Pac-12 one-loss teams are going to get left out. I disagree because no invitation. one in the conference has gone undefeated, and now the Devils. I don't think it'll happen, by the way. But the right. Devils I in Oregon State, I don't. Their, lo- their, conf- their losses were out of conference, yep. which both on the road, mm-hmm. which means that you'd have to go ten and zero. No one has ever gone nine and zero, let alone ten and zero. So you're probably getting worked up over something that's not going to happen. But if it did happen, it'd be impressive, and that impressiveness should be accounted for. And I agree with oh, you. I just if believe it's it. Not, I'm going. You but know I believe what? it. I believe it, I believe it won't be. Oh, I disagree. We'll probably never find out. I agree on that. <laughs> and actually, I would like to see it to see what would happen, because I think that would be a, a big-time disrespect to the conference. Yes, I agree. somebody <laughs> went 10 and zip. Yep. Now, I guess Oregon wouldn't be that team because they theirs was a conference loss. I know. But if you are 12-1 and and a conference champion with an overtime conference road loss to a team with a winning record, and I believe Stanford will end up being a team with a winning record. Yeah, regardless, but I get your point. Yeah. And you're right. If it were a four and eight team, you should probably still be in. But certainly, if it's a winning record, you should be in. But and and I think Oregon probably would get in. I just don't have faith in anybody else getting in. Although I'm probably a little too optimistic on Oregon. It doesn't matter. They're just media voters. But you see the rampant disrespect for the conference. As soon as Oregon loses, they fall behind Ohio State. We don't have to guess who is better. They actually. Yeah, but play. none of those people have a say. They in don't. It. They don't. So you're right. I don't but care they what to, they think. They tend to think a lot alike. Yeah, we'll, but you're right, we'll see. I don't think Oregon's going to go through unscathed because nope. I haven't believed in their quarterback. I've said it. I thought they were overrated. I thought they were getting too much esteem for a mediocre quarterback. To me, this is what they've had during the Helfridge years. When you look at Oregon, when they've been on top, it's when they've had a big-time quarterback. Right. They've played five games. Two of them were basically scheduled wins. Stony Brook, money game. And Arizona, probably the worst team in the conference. Maybe 11. So they won those games big. The other three games were all close. And they won two out of three of them. And I expect that's how it's going to go for them throughout the year. And so somebody's going to get them again. And maybe it'll be Utah. Maybe it'll be Oregon State. Maybe it'll be Washington or UCLA. There's plenty of teams who could pull it off. Yeah, I think the, the Oregon misses the Devils and the uh, Trojans this year. You are correct. Because you missed two teams in yep. the crossovers. And you are correct. Those are the two that they miss, for whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm not sure. Because I think what we're seeing, what we've seen, and maybe we don't continue to see it, because I will allow some teams to gel, but they have to prove it. But what we're seeing is there's probably four or five 
maybe six teams that are pretty good. They just have problems being pretty good every week. At their best, they're pretty good. Yep. But they've all got an Achilles heel, and it can all, and it'll sink them at some point. Or already has. Right. All right, DJ and PK. Coming up, everything you missed in the show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. The John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award is presented weekly to the top prep football players in northern Utah. This week's winner, Nicholas Sanders from Layton High School. Sanders caught five passes from quarterback Garrett Guilford for 234 yards and two scores in the Lancers' 35-0 shutout win over Clearfield. His long receptions on the night were two 80-yard touchdown passes. He had a 99-yard kick return for a score. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. Time to get you up to date on everything we have been talking about during this show. Baseball playoffs start. Red Sox knock out the Yankees 6-2. to two. Boston fans are chanting Garrett Cole's name. He gives up two homers. He leaves the game early. The Red Sox up three zip, never trail, and win 6-2. That PK was almost wire to wire. There was just one moment when maybe the Yankees had some hope and had a chance, and they ran themselves out of an inning. Yeah, man. Stanton hit a shot. He had a great game. He had two smacked off the board and then the home run. And Judge had already been on first base, and they waved him home. Phil Nevin, former number one pick. Out of Cal State Florida, and, and he sends him home, and he's out for the second out. You never make the first or second out at the plate. You can live with making the third out at the plate because you're not going to score that runner on an out. Whereas, obviously, if there's a zero or one out, you can score the runner from third on an out. Makes sense, right? Cardinal rule, and he's out at the plate. Is I heard one defensive out of him. I heard it did. Uh, after that, there's a bunch of one, two, three innings. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They weren't even threatening after that. Uh, I heard the one defense was no, that. No, <laughs> no. There's no, there's no defense. There is no defense. <laughs> Who's the short guy who laughs incessantly on ESPN? The baseball guy. He's hilarious. He's always cracking Kirchin? himself up. Um, I think it was Kirkchen. Yeah. Now I'm second guessing myself. But anyways, he was saying that Nevin saw the relay was short and it was bouncing. Doesn't matter. Got a good hop and a perfect throw home it after that. Doesn't matter. And who threw it? Who was it? Bogarts. He's only an all star. He's really <laughs> He's good. Really good. Yes. The, the relay to the plate was great, but the throw from the outfield PK to the relay—that one, that one. Hopped. But it wasn't off target. It turned out you'd rather have that than over his head. You can feel something on a bounce. If it's over yeah. your head, you can't feel it. Why? Because it's over your head. Although the fundamentals, man, the Red Sox hit two guys in a relay in case the throw was over the head. The second guy was going to catch it. Well, yeah, there's no place for him yeah. to be. So it's called double cut in the business. I was thinking about that. That play, mm-hmm. that play was made. It was 10 o'clock at night, but it's made at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because it comes through repetition over and over where the ball is. That's the uniqueness of baseball. Each stadium, you have to figure out where it's going to go when it hits this spot, when it hits that spot. Football and basketball are all the same, right? Baseball isn't. That play is done through repetition. It's a cool play. If you're a baseball guy like me and you don't care who wins, you're excited on a play like that because that is a fundamental, basic play. 
Adam Wainwright, Max Scherzer, Cardinals, Dodgers tonight. Somebody's going home. Is it the team that won 106 games? That would be stunning. Or the team that won 17 in a row in September? That would be stunning. <laughs> well, one of them's got to happen. I know. And all I can think I is know. the Braves and Brewers have to look at the way this played out and think, Awesome. This is we did not want the one hundred and seven win team. We didn't want the hundred and six win team. And we didn't want the team that won seventeen in a row in September. You guys go go beat each other up. We'll be over here playing and we'll see you later if we get there. Super intrigued on this game. I'm more of a National League guy than I am American. Uh, so and then you got the Dodgers who I have been following religiously since I've been fourteen years of age. Uh, when I moved to Phoenix and that all we had was the radio on the Dodgers. And I, I'm a fa- I'm a hardcore fan of the Dodgers, but I'm not a fan in terms of winning and losing. In terms of following, uh, so see what they got here. A lot of pressure on these guys. I think there's more pressure because they had the better regular season than than the Cardinals. But yep. obviously, the Cardinals are going to feel just as much to be able to continue. Uh, what do you think about making this a two out of three? I mean, this year it seems like it should. Boston and the Yankees, two out of three. A 106-win team. You know, you might get another year where it's an 84-win team. So I would say don't change it, but this is the year to argue to change it. I'd, I'd go for 3-5-7-7 five, seven, seven if it were me, but that's... I love, I love the one and done. It doesn't matter what we love. More games equals more money. So they're going to try to find a way to get a two out of three. But you're constantly battling the weather in so many cities. More games, you're going to push it back deeper in the year. And there's a little potluck element to it. You might get teams in domes or teams in warm weather cities. But you're, you're, just, you're battling the odds, and your odds are more and more. You know, we're going to be watching games in a downpour, and they'll be pretending it's not uh, raining. And I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Uh, I think the, the thing that isn't addressed, and you brought this up like six weeks ago, the wild card, when you're the Yankees and the Mets and you're tied, or if it had been somebody else, and there's, there were four teams separated by two games, I'm fine with the wild card. But when someone's 10 or 15 or 17 games in front of the next team, do we really want a wild card? Is that a good idea? Does it feel like the Dodgers get ripped off? Yeah, because off? there's usually, on the other end of it, that's the one side of it, but on the other end, there's four teams battling for that last wild card spot. So you just looked at it from that perspective, yes. but I can look at it from the other perspective. I am perspective. looking at it from the Dodgers' perspective here. Like, we separate ourselves from these guys. Well, you we take a look at this. the American League, it goes right down to the yeah, end of the absolutely. season. And, and I think that happens more often than what we're seeing with the Dodgers and Cardinals. And it also puts more oomph into the regular season. The Giants and Dodgers were battling to avoid that right down to the end. So, sorry, and, but that take sucked. And pre-wild card. I love you, but that take sucked. It was actually your take. No. Yes. Oh, no. I never said it's, it's, it should be done away with. You just said it sucked for the Dodgers. Yes. Yeah, it does suck for the Dodgers. And that but final weekend, the, division. the final weekend drama, 100%. Uh, once upon a time, the Padres and Dodgers battled for a division title when there was only one wild card, and the Dodgers were totally getting ready for the postseason. Oh, yeah, they got, guys out in the fourth they inning. got swept, and they didn't care. It didn't matter. That they were, sucked. That, that totally, was a spring training game. Yes, it was. 100%. And it was the last day of the season. Yeah. It was three days in a row. That Friday, Yogi Berra rolled Sunday. over in his grave, and he wasn't even dead yet. Nor was he a Dodger or a Padre. But still, he's a baseball purist. There's that. I've been to his house in St. Louis. The Jazz are playing the Mavericks tonight. The game's on TV, AT&T Sportsnet, and NBA TV. 
So for those of you on Dish who are upset you can't see games, you don't have a AT&T Sportsnet, NBA TV, that's a workaround for tonight. Unless so you mean to out. tell me there's going to be regular season jazz games that jazz fans in our state can't watch? Uh, if AT&T Sportsnet and Dish don't come to a deal, yes. Come on. We have Rocky Anderson to make some law or something. Yeah, I don't think he can do Mia that. Ham, somebody. This what? is a, our, Mia, our elected leaders. Mia Ham. Yeah. Is she running for something? That, that is like seven stages. The fact that I can follow what you're getting at really bothers me. Is I'm she dis- a congress lady? I'm disappointed in myself. She used to be. It's Mia Love, not Mia Ham. And Mia Love lost. Well, she loves two the jazz, ago. so get him on television. I'm, exactly. She's a politician in Utah. I'm sure she does love the jazz. Right. It- Politicians, anchor people. <laughs> it's a race. Go locals! Quiet <laughs> down! Go locals! <laughs> and they love all people. Uh, Mary Nichols hated to see the Sonics move, but at least she could then say go jazz in good conscience. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would have been bitter if she was a Sonics fan. And she's a sports she, fan, she so is, I assume she, she was. Yeah, she is bitter. That's that. That's a... That's forget about not having a game on television. That's, That's the ultimate kicking yeah. the you know what. Yep. The Sonics. I know. Legendary franchise. A hundred percent. That's awful. Great tradition. Lots of passion. Sure. Yeah, we remember. Raw deal. Yeah. Raw, raw deal. And I, it's a raw deal. I don't know what the deal is with this television stuff, but I just feel for the people who want to watch the games, particularly the old folks, and they don't get an opportunity. That is just wrong. Agreed. And and for folks who don't can't just I'm fortunate enough of that we've got not buy something else. Well, people can't be as fortunate as I am, and I feel for them. They want to watch you. That's entertainment, and they're passionate, and it brings them joy. And they can't do it. That's ridiculous. And yet here we are. Six thirty. The tip tonight. Pre-game five thirty with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe right here on the Zone Sports. Network. I'll be checking it out for sure. David Locke traveling on the road again. He'll be in the arena tonight with the call. And uh, our Craig and is it Thurl? Yeah, TV. TV's traveling too. TV and radio both traveling. The Brooklyn Nets have been picked to win the NBA in a uh, an anonymous poll of thirty. NBA general managers, they got 72% of the votes. And there are questions around Kyrie Irving. He's not vaccinated, which means, according to the rules in New York and the law in New York, he's not going to be able to practice with the team or play the home games in Brooklyn. Well, can't they just go back to Jersey then? Um, that's like 10 miles away. That's probably a lease agreement that prevents that from happening. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point, but no. I mean, you just and road games turn with the right Knicks and left. Boom, ro- you're there. Road games with the Knicks and the Warriors. So, but maybe he'll get vaccinated. Who knows? We'll see how that plays out. But either way, the GMs are saying the Nets are the team to beat. Seventy-two percent of the vote. The Lakers were second. The Bucks got ten well, percent of the no, vote. So I third. see what they're doing because he's got the that thing going on. It's always something with him, and now it's this thing that they'll they'll tank it to make sure they get the eighth seed. So they're always on the road. Uh huh. Genius. <laughs> they're still at home. They're not always on the road. They're well, always open on the road. They will always open. So you on get the road. that 2 0 lead. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ought to be able, Harden and and uh, Duran ought to be able to get you enough to win. Split, to. At, split at home. Let's just reverse. Get the sweep on the road, split at home, come back, wrap it up in game five on the road. 
You watch. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That's not happening. So the question of the morning, are the Jazz going to finish second in the West? Because that's where the GMs picked them. They picked the Lakers one and the Jazz two. Or what about the Suns? What about the Warriors getting healthy? Not having the same roster. Their roster was so deep, it's not nearly as deep. It doesn't on paper now, it does not look nearly as deep as what they had when they were really rolling. No. That was a great roster. And they brought guys off the bench who could who could play? They've got an interesting mix, the Warriors, because obviously they got the three vets who have won a title, mm-hmm. irregardless of Kevin Durant, and then they've got some intriguing young guys. I like their draft this year, and they also got Wiseman. So what are they going to do? It's it's a real, it's an interesting situation. I don't know that I've ever seen a, a roster like this with some young bucks who look like they've got a chance to be good, and but yet they've got guys who've got title-winning experience, and how are they going to blend that? You got, the, you got now, and it looks like you got a promising future to what degree remains to be seen, because that's the nature of young guys, particularly two guys who haven't played. And so how are they going to uh, mesh that all together? Steve Kerr's got his work cut out for him as far as blending that stuff, because Steph Curry isn't interested in five years from now. No, he's not. And he was playing at a very high level at the end of last yeah. year. And Clay Thompson, how quickly will he be back? How many games will he play? How many minutes will he play? At what level will he play? Because he can obviously play at a very high level. I think he'll be good to go when he's good to go. When will that be? Well, I think it'll December? be. December? Yeah, I mean, good to go. I mean, February? full strength, not, you know, breaking yourself in. Yeah. So I'm going to allow for some. A lag time to get himself back, but when he gets back, I think he'll be good to go, and that'll be a, a good team. I'm, that's what I'm expecting. Many, many questions. We had Ryan Abraham on uscfootball.com. He has many questions about USC football. Many questions. Oh, they're a questionable football team. Slovis struggling. the The arrow had been pointed up. He looked like the next big thing. There have been interceptions. Some well, he's been off to a slow this start. So, <laughs> moving on. Oh, so, moving on. Let's stop the show right now. Moving on. So, <laughs> how much was he a product of having multiple great receivers? And now he has one great receiver, but everybody else right now is a guy. Yeah, Maybe but everybody is a guy compared to that guy. Yes. 100%. Drake London is the best of them all. He is. Really good. Yeah, chuck it up to him. Watching the USC spring game and the announcers kind of, well, it looks like um, it looks like Jackson Dark's really developing a rapport with uh, London. Smart by Jackson. <laughs> He's developing rapport. He's just like, that's the best receiver. He kind of looks open. Get it to him. He'll make a play. Yeah. And well, we did. saw that when he got in against Washington State. He was looking for him almost every time. Yep. And the kid is a, is a big time stud. I don't. I'm not going to count SC out. I'm going to give him one more. Sucky game, and then I'll count them out as far as well, that's safe. winning the division. But I may not count them out in individual games. That's a hundred percent. That's the way to look at it. I mean, I don't think they're going to absolutely tank and just go on a, a losing streak here and be worthless week mm-hmm. after week. But one more loss, yeah, okay, is you don't three, have to lose games and be worthless. But one more loss is three. Right? No, I'll count them and out at, at the that division. point. All you got is. But I'm not going to count them out. Yeah, a three-way tie at six and three with tiebreakers would be how they win the division. I mean, the, the path would be, would be, yeah, would be very, very difficult. difficult. So one and three is going to be real tough to come from behind on. Is this isn't the NFL here? 
where you're playing double practically the amount of conference it, games. Yeah. Uh, but even with that in mind, particularly if they were to go to Dart, because Dart is just barely getting started, so he would be extremely fired up to show what he can do, and that would be a dangerous – That would any given game, they are a dangerous team. Will they be dangerous Saturday? I think they will. Your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Time for your feedback. Everything you think about today's show, you've been hitting us up on uh, Twitter, Mario – Mario Antonio Torres. I don't think the Lakers will finish first. That arthritis is going to kick in. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, Mario. You got PK to expel some air. (laughs) They're old, no doubt about it. I think they're using the age thing as a motivation, though, interestingly. Lighten up, Francis. Nice pull on the stripes, quote PK. Underappreciated (laughs) comedy classic. That comes from Greg D. Okay. <laughs> it it just came to me. Aaron says, I think the Jazz finished second, but now behind the Lakers. That's a joke. I'm not sure who comes in first. Jazz don't go for number one that hard because they've been there and it didn't work out for them and yeah. somebody else is going for it and gets it. What does that mean, though? Because you're trying to win every game. Yep. Well, maybe at the end you're not. Maybe you're resting guys because of... You're still trying to win the game, though. The guys who are playing are trying to win the game. Yes, absolutely. But you can be resting so many guys, and who knows who'll be carrying a little injury then, need some time off. Well, yeah, it would be Conley, Bogey, and Joe, and I guess uh, Ruby Gay. Everybody else is young, but you don't. You may have an ankle. This exactly. age doesn't really matter. Yeah, who knows? Trying to predict that last two weeks of April is Good impossible. Luck. I look forward to doing it when we get there. 86% picked the Lakers to win the West last year. Can we consider the NBA GMs the farmer's almanac for NBA predictions? Well, I think it's like so many people picked SC to win the West and Oregon to win the North, not the West, but the South and the Oregon to win the North. So you just go to default. And that's where the Utes are in a good spot because I think the Utes got picked second by default. No one got picked because they really were believed in in them, it was more eliminating other teams. Well, I think the in Devils the would have been picked first or second if they hadn't had the bombshell of the cheating. But that introduced and doubt. That, yeah, but that cheating in recruiting, I hate to say this, but to a good extent, I roll my eyes. Cheating in recruiting. Tell me what kind of cheating it is before I get all worked up. Yeah, cheating and in now, recruiting now is with name image commonplace. And, now with name, image, and likeness. A lot of what used to be cheating is legit now. Oh, dude, you're going to get hooked up with such and such, and we're hooking all our athletes up with such and such. You're not supposed to be able to say we're going to engineer it, though. Yeah, that's the kind of cheating that'll happen, and everyone knows, and the schools announced it. There will never not be cheating in recruiting. That's a true story. As long as you can stay away from the academic fraud. That would be good. That's that's when you're starting to make a joke of the whole thing. Uh, But... Recruiting, cheating, you held a practice or you you emailed somebody over the limit. Mm. <laughs> I know, he texted him. <laughs> you didn't initiate, you initiated the text, you weren't just responding. Okay, stop. Doug says, the Jazz may not finish first, but they certainly won't finish behind the Lakers. The Lakers are too old and too slow. It'll take uh, half the season for Westbrook to get a clue and know for, that there are only so many shots to go around. 
Actually, I think with LeBron, he'll get that. He'll get what? There's only so many shots to go around. He's not going to have a problem deferring to LeBron. The problem is more likely what you said earlier. LeBron has doubled. No one else is open. The ball comes back to him with the shot clock winding down. He's got to hit a three, and he's shooting 31 or 32% from three. That's the problem. Yeah. Westbrook, Westbrook in transition, advantage Lakers. Westbrook with a defense breaking down, just driving to the rim, advantage Lakers. Ball coming to Westbrook with one and a half seconds on the clock, and he's on the three-point line. Advantage I defense. I wonder which media guy he's going to hate. <laughs> Maybe Barry can fly out there. Because <laughs> he's always got to have an enemy. Get very Because he plays very, very angry. Kyle Goon. It'll be Kyle Goon. Yeah, it could be. Bill Orham. Could be. Yeah, know, all the guys I, who worked here. I don't know. All right, Hans and Scotty are coming up next. We will see you tomorrow.